Hello, everybody, and welcome to the commentary for seminar episode 107, The Panda is Not Cute. And on this very uh, eclectic and mixed-up bag of stories today, we've got uh, a couple of great writers with us. First off, we have uh, Jeff Robinson, the writer of our first short commentary. Hello, Garen. And we have Pat Regan, who wrote Heart of the Town. Hello, Garen, ladies, gentlemen, non-binary pals, and all the ships at sea. <laughs> Indeed, a greeting worthy of this podcast. <laughs> So how y'all doing today? Let's start off with that. Let's be nice. I'm good. Keeping busy. Uh, close to wrapping up uh, Double Falsehood for Penn and Shakespeare and uh, now pitching in on the Kingery. So I've got my fingers in all the pies here. Nice. And nice. I'm doing well. We just, our heat wave in Los Angeles broke just recently and oh, man. I'm getting fitted for my wedding suit this weekend. So Ooh, wedding nice. suit. Thank you. Wedding suit. Yes. I miss out on everything. I was not aware there was a wedding happening. Yes, I'm getting married. Well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And uh, condolences to your future wife. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Bird. Uh, <laughs> well, she's but getting yeah, fitted for her bridal gown. <laughs> Same day, so. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, I take that back. That was a mean thing to say. I apologize. I don't know you well enough to make jokes like that, so. Nah, not bad. <laughs> it's but, it's a classic. Uh, I can't I can't complain about a classic joke like that. All right, well, I do do the classics well. That's what I studied, but for music. Anyway, moving on, moving on, moving on. So this episode, we've got uh, Thomas and New hanging out in New's office as uh, they are preparing to get into teaching again, and they're going over the future class roster. And there's a few moments of hilarity where. Thomas is like, a lot of people applied, and New kind of freaks out. And he's like, no, 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 no. We're only taking five. <laughs> and uh, those five are quite an eclectic mix. I mean, there's like a giant uh, decapus, an octopus, but he's got ten legs, so deca. Uh, we've got like a little lizard dude who, or no, no, there's a mollusk in a human suit. Uh, there's a little lizard person. Um, what else is there? Oh, there's the uh, the hive mind of insects in a, a, a dodecahedron, I believe it was. <laughs> so we've got all our geometric greater than tens going on. That just or makes eights. you think of the character from Phantom Tollbooth, if anybody wants a real deep cut. Uh, oh, yeah. Novel. Yeah. Oh, man, I haven't thought about the Phantom Tollbooth in years. Yeah, there's a character named the dodecahedron in it. Right. Right, right. For a second there, I was like, wait, I don't remember there being a, a, a hive of insects encased in a geometric shape, but might as well be. <laughs> yeah, the dodecahedron, though, that's where, that's where I learned that one. And um, how many was that? Was that four that I said? The decapus, the mollusk, and a lizard. Anyway, we're into the first short, which is commentary from Jeff. So, uh, yeah, this apparently this one was not... Um, turned down by the executive producer. So what have you got to tell us about it? <laughs> yeah, so after doing a couple of these uh, commentary sessions, like we are at this very moment, I had a, you know, stranger than fiction-like uh, idea to, uh, to uh, you know, say, what if the characters actually heard us doing the 
the commentary. And uh, yeah, it took a couple iterations for, for this one for me to kind of um, kind of get it right. Like the first draft that I turned out, like the Daniel character, you know, he was just kind of a normal guy. He wasn't really, you know, that big of a douchebag or a bigot or anything like that. And, and you know, in the commentary, you and I in, uh, in character come on and sort of trash him. But Tilly's like, you know, the, right now he doesn't really deserve it. Like, why are you guys like shitting all over this guy? Like he doesn't, you know, uh, he's, he's, he's not, you know, deserving of all that. So I really kind of in the second draft made him obviously much more of a, of a bigoted uh, sort of sort of douchebag and made it over the top and as obvious as possible to sort of explain why you and I are coming in and commenting on his life and uh, all the terrible choices that he's made. You know, it was kind of interesting to me, though, is um, like, yeah, this guy's a, an enormous douchebag. This is <laughs> very true. But um, how like when you when you thought of how it would start beaming into his head, I mean, wh what did you imagine in terms of the the way that he became aware that he was being discussed. Right, right. Um, yeah, I tried to make it so that, you know, the 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 voices are just kind of very, very faint at first. And he's just sort of wondering, hmm, am I hallucinating? Am I, you know, dreaming or something? Um, but it becomes more and more apparent, obviously, as time goes on that, no, the, the voices really are there. Uh, and they're talking directly about him. Um, so I just tried to sort of work that in more and more and i don't know i don't know that i had a really too much of a specific vision of of what it would look like um why he would start hearing these voices exactly but i uh, just <laughs> thought it was a fun fun way to you know make tell a story through through audio and uh just kind of add a, a meta element to it <laughs> that uh that uh you know i haven't tried before in audio audio drama anyway nice yeah because when i when i first read the script um the thing that came to mind was when I was a kid getting braces, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, sometimes people with braces or like metal in their head can pick up radio transmissions. Oh, and so, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, so, so when I first started working on this, I was like, ooh, that'd be kind of a fun thing to play with. Like, there's no mention of any metal right. in this guy's head. But like the initial... When, when your voice first comes in as Garen Fitzsimmons, man, that was confusing, let me just say. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, Jeff is Garen, I'm Jeff, wait. Because like putting the lines in, I make tracks for every character and I was like, who, uh, right, right, don't mix them up, Garen. Right. Um, <laughs> I think, but, uh, uh, yeah, I think one oh, of our one of our other pendant directors had the idea of us of us playing each other. I wasn't sure whether we'd play ourselves or play each other or just cast different actors all together. I could have gone in any of those ways. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely a a, um, a fun little inside nerd joke thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like when it, when it the transmissions first come in, I was like, oh, let's let's make it sound like staticky weirdness coming in, and let's have right. the voices like reverberate on both sides of his head. Like I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and this part was fun too when they're driving through the car. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if I, I captured Boston traffic. Never driven in Boston, but uh, oh, it's terrible. Have you? It's terrible. It yeah, is. Avoid driving in Boston at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> Although I could imagine it kind of funny if he had taken the subway, like oh my, or the, the what the the T the T. Yes, exactly. Yep. What is the T? <laughs> oh, it's just the nickname for uh, the MBTA Metro Boston Transit Authority, just shortened the T for short. Okay, so it's not getting spilled. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
So interesting, going into the ending here, Garen, the um, mm-hmm. initial draft of uh, my ending, the first draft, was much, much darker. Um, <laughs> and, did uh, we die? And yes, we did. We did. He oh, actually no. shot us. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, at some point, I want to go back and dig that up. Um, yeah, not only do we die, but poor Adam, our credits announcer, also had a cameo and he died as well. Oh, no, um, Adam. But I, but I decided to, uh, yeah, when I, when I rewrote the draft and made Daniel much more of a douchebag, kind of take this lighter turn where, oh, it turns out, nope, he he doesn't exist in the first place. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was fun to work on, too, like the way he disappears at the end. It's just like, and he fades out. And it's like, yep. no, no, he's fading out with aplomb. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. But, um, all right, so, we, yeah, we are getting to the end of the episode. Are there, are there any uh, final thoughts you'd like to drop on us about this uh, this short uh, you know, it's uh, doing doing meta fiction. I think an audio drama can be can be tricky. And you know, I I toyed. You know, I, I kicked this idea around in my head a lot, and I was like, oh, is it too cheesy? Is it you know too much like the movie Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell? You know, hearing the narrator's voice in his head. But I just decided to go for it and and uh, see how it see how it turned out, and it turned out to be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much for writing that. And, I did like, uh, by the way, I did like VC's line there where New says, what the hell did I just listen to? I don't know if I should feel a little offended by that, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel whole... compelled uh, now, now to actually bring up. I also wrote a meta uh, episode a ah, few nice. years back that oh, started, started me and Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, uh, I remember that. Where, I where you were, uh, you were the, predicting the future through your stories. That's right. Because the I, was, oh, yes, I had yes. a, I had a I run of that stories one. that actually came true. That seemed to be causing reality to change. As it exactly. were, exactly. I remember that now. Yep, that was a good one. Yeah, I think that was one of the first commentaries I was a part of. Actually, what was that? Episode ninety-seven or uh, 98, 99, somewhere in there. Yeah. 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 Yep. Because I started on episode 99, but it wasn't that one. No, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're, we're in the second short, and um, Thomas has reset News Brain with that last commentary short um, in an effort to calm them down, because they are very understandably, uh, they are very understandably uh, terrified of uh, this upcoming class where they're going to be teaching... Who knows what, you know? So th- this is the part where they go over the class roster together, and we find out that there's the mollusk in the human suit, the uh, collection of insects, um, and, you know, so on and so forth. I can't remember them all, but uh, the, the decapus sticks in my mind because this decapus <laughs> is practicing walking on two limbs to impress new, which just stuck in my head. <laughs> Sorry, I, I also love that it, it's called a, a hive species called the Order, which in no way sounds sinister. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there, there is like a mention that um, the insect race is not exactly in good standing with the rest of the Galactic Friends Network. Um, so there, there's a little bit of mention of like, I don't know, they, they, they kind of sound a bit locusty to me or locusty to me. Like uh, maybe they fly through the universe and just strip planets of resources but uh, they seem to have turned a new leaf mm-hmm. and uh, yeah new is like I don't want trouble in my classroom Thomas what's going on with that so we'll see what happens there um, 
But yeah, the, the 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 other character that stuck in my head is this one character that is apparently very similar to pandas. And uh, yeah, Thomas has some funny things to say about that. But uh, did, did you guys get a chance to listen to these sections? Do you have any comments, any thoughts? Um, it's sort of, you know, for me, Garen, I think it, this is like where the plot sort of starts harkening back to like the original like rappers from the very first couple of uh, seminar episodes, you know, one through through ten. I mean, I haven't caught up on all of them, but uh, I think that's how it starts out. Right. With uh, with students being instructed um, via these these short stories. So we're kind of sort of a return to the past in some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of a return to the roots of the show. Yep. Um, yeah, which is like, okay, I, I started an episode 95 as an assistant director, 99 as, as full director, and now that's a lot of episodes to catch up on, but I did yeah. listen to some of the early stuff. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, what, what's kind of interesting is Thomas has mentioned a few times that um, perhaps the students in the past were forced to attend, they were forced to learn. True, yep. Which is why I think um, knew when they were um, half, you know, knew as half Alice, half Alex. Uh, when knew as Alice, um, Alice had escaped from this school and then gone to the planet Zarak and then escaped the planet Zarak because murderous aliens. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just going on. <laughs> Fill in space, as it were. When do we get to this next short? <laughs> Yeah, this is a, a longer rapper than usual. Yeah, the middle section anyway, because there's a, the introduction to the new, the upcoming characters right. and yep. the expan- explanation of new state of mind. There we go. <laughs> now we're in Heart of the Town. Thank you. Saved by the, the, the interstitial, I guess. So, uh, yeah, Patrick, here yes. we are. Heart of the Town. Yes. What do you want to start it off with? Um, I mean, I can tell you that the the this this story came from two pieces of inspiration um you know the first was when i moved to los angeles i actually drove and so like i drove through a million little towns um and you know there's a couple that always stuck in my head uh particularly because my car um the heat pump broke right before i was about to cross the desert so i had to spend the night in one and that kind of it's always stuck in my head oh yeah no um do not recommend. Do not cross the Mojave without without a, with a broken heat pump. That's a it's oh, a pro tip out there for you kids. Uh, well, at least it, it, it broke down before you got into the desert, though. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Just before I I hit a huge stretch where there was not going to be anything for like 150 miles. Uh, Lucky is, is 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 when is when the, the I noticed the, the 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 heat gauge on my car was going up 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 no matter what happened. So that's when I pulled over immediately, found a found a mechanic and survived essentially a, a, a terrible takeout chinese food it's it was it's a it's not a very interesting story point is that, that that always that image of that thing has always stuck in my head um the second thing that actually inspired this was an article i read about uh fake buildings uh mm. that exist in a couple of different cities most notably new york chicago and los angeles that hide infrastructure. So in New York and Chicago, in New York, they hide, um, uh, uh, you know, the they hide the um, ventilation for the, sh- the subway. Like there are these enormous buildings that are just completely empty. They just exist to hide big pieces of infrastructure so that you can breathe on the subway. And here oh, actually, in LA, uh, 
on that point in New York City at uh, Columbus Circle on the south side, there's this big, ugly, tan, boxy building Mm -hmm. that I believe holds the water exchange or something like that. Yeah, exactly like that. And like in L.A., there's a there's a couple of buildings that high oil wells. Oh, wow. So like, you know, me being me. I, I always look at these things and think, how could something horribly supernatural and evil be using this? Um, <laughs> and here we are. Well, yeah, when I when I got this script, um, jumping to the end, well, not jump, I didn't jump to the end, but I was reading through, and uh, yeah, the idea, this massive heart in every town, that's interesting. I mean, because, you know, um, Gemma, the character played by Carissa Lynn, does posit maybe there are hearts in other towns, other cities in the world, and what must they be like? But what I immediately started thinking was, are they connected to each other? Like, are these closed systems, or do their do their veins connect to the other hearts? And so, like, man. I, I mean, that's, that, that's a great question. Like, I always like the idea of, you know... You, you in life you never get all the answers on stuff you know oh. e, e, you know even in and that's not just a horror thing like e, even in science fiction you know what the hell is cute we're never going to really get a clear answer on that yeah. as an example like you know you know yeah he in and i'm not even sure q has a real clear answer for that for that himself um and so like you know i i i liked leaving that little hint of like hey there might be some other stuff out there and maybe they're connected i don't know and we're not gonna know and you have to just sort of make your peace with that fact because you have to make your peace with that fact in life too is that you can't know everything to be honest though this is like this short to me is a great pilot for an entire series where Gemma goes and searches for uh, the hearts of other towns and like, I don't know, I feel like maybe discovers some kind of secret order or I don't even know because Sam, played by uh, Ryan Saro, he seems a solitary fella. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like there is, he, he, he mentions how the town worshiped the heart how they've protected it, how it's, you know, any damage to it damaged the town. And, like, he kind of gets into the not so much rights, but owner's manual, I suppose. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. got to, you know, you got to take care of the heart. Um, so it, it made me start thinking, like, well, yeah, what about the heart of Rome? Is there one in the Vatican? If so, what kind of rituals might the Catholic Church have come up? Is there one in Mecca? What... What have the imams decided for that? Is there one in Israel? Have what have the uh, the rabbiticals done with that? You know, it's like the different religions around the world. How would they manage a heart in the the heart of their territory? So, two thoughts on that. And the first thought is, um, I, it would make a good pilot. And uh, if it, if Netflix is listening to this, you should call, please immediately call me. I would like your monies. Um, secondly, joking aside. Um, I, I thought a little bit about this, and I, I think my answer is that it's different in every city. And just like every city is different, every heart looks different, every heart needs different care. And, you know, it, there might be an order, but, you know, they're not necessarily comparable, if that makes sense. Like, they, you know, you can't necessarily take what you've learned in Chicago, pick it up, go to Houston, Texas, and expect that it will work exactly the same 
So there's no like traveling heart surgeons. Um, <laughs> oh, now there is. That's that's a great idea. <laughs> um, you know, there might be, but like the idea would be that you know it's not like it's if, if there were a show made out of this, every heart would have to be different, and every heart would need a different cure. Partially just because I think every city is different, um, but also just you know that's good drama. Is, is if it's not like all right. Pat you know, slap on a giant supernatural band-aid and give him 2,400 cc's of, I don't know, ectoplasm and call it a day. Liquefied um, <laughs> human. Yeah. <laughs> vampire, it's a mixture of vampire blood, ectoplasm, and liquefied human. Just to bind Yum. it together. <laughs> Soylent green is made of the supernatural? Yep. No, that's Soylent blue. Ah, yes. Not for standard consumption. No, that's that's like it's the fancy stuff. It's it's Soylent's caviar, if you will. Ah. but you know, um, when when you were just saying that, it reminded me. Uh, there's this British TV show on Netflix right now where it's like it's a series of police investigations, but they take place in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I've forgotten the title of it, but each one is specific to a location, mm-hmm. and that that could be like a really interesting approach. Like each season would be a different location. Mm-hmm. and see how they tie together, no, if they absolutely. tie together. Also, first of all, I'll bet my money, my fiancé knows the, the show, because um, it's very much her jam. Uh, but mm-hmm. no, exactly. Like I, I'm a firm believer in a sense of place in stories. I, I don't like the phrase, any town USA, mm. um, because it's meaningless. You know, I, I'm not saying you necessarily pick, pick, a, pick a specific small town, but you know, small town Louisiana is not small town Northern California, is not small town Idaho. It's not small right. town Massachusetts and, and so on and so on. Every and, Springfield is its own sorry, environment. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and that's like a thing that I always think about a lot whenever whenever I think about I these think sort of things is, is you know, I want a sense of place. You know, this is very specifically meant to be, you know, a, a, a little town kind of in the middle of the California desert, you know. Um, and... I I want that to feel like that, and I I feel like that's that would that was that, that I would say that actually might be the third inspiration is that sort of strong feeling that I have that every place is is itself and every place is wonderful and cool in that regard. True enough. Yeah. I mean that that's why Instagram is so popular because everybody takes pictures of everything and they're all different. You know what you should do. Uh, Sorry, that's that's half joke, half serious. I'll, I'll take your word for it. I quit all social media this year. Yeah, and I, I started with Facebook a couple of years ago, and I've been slowly weaning myself off, and my mental health is much better for it, I think. Oh my god, I'm so much happier. <laughs> yeah, oh no, and that makes me think, like, what is the heart of the internet? Ooh. Horrible. Oh yeah. Horrible. Dark, dark, covered in tar, and spattered with anime. Yep. Um... <laughs> Oh yeah, and here we are in the the final scene yeah. Ooh, yeah. of the of this short. Oh man, um, I had I a lot the of fun. The sound effects on this. Yeah, I had a lot of fun putting that together because I was like, okay, what do I need in here? It's it's like old, it's dirty, it's been repaired because of an attack with a pick, and it sounds like like supernatural life support, but old timey. So I was like, steam engine, okay, steam mm-hmm. engine. Uh, we have to have pipes for veins. And you have to oxygenate the blood, so there has to be, like, some kind of breathing apparatus. And, yeah, it's just layering and layering and, like, panning. And, yo, man, that, that was a lot. And the, the heartbeat, oh, I had a lot of fun getting that one. Um, I found a sound file where someone had used a contact mic on their chest. 
Mm-hmm. And now, like a contact mic, for anybody who doesn't know, is, is um, it's different from a standard mic because you have to actually put it on a thing to record it, and it picks up very sensitive sounds. Um, so I guess the person, kind of like a, a doctor's stethoscope, uh, put it on their chest and just recorded their own heartbeat. And then I was like, that needs to be slower and deeper. So slowed, deepened, and looped. And it worked very well. Oh, it's, it's great. Like, full full marks, highest marks. My God. The only um, thing I, I, I didn't have time for that I really wanted to do is put some, like, wet, squishy sounds as they kind yeah. of, like, touched the heart and came up to it and, like, caressed it. But yeah. uh, I just ran out of time. Uh, I was, like, looking for things and playing with my daughter's slime, and it just it wasn't happening. And I was like, so- dang it. That's all right. Sometimes you gotta you gotta make do. Um, yeah, yeah. Th- this also comes from a, a a a slight fascination I have with what I can techno organic horror. I guess is the best mm. way to describe it. It's sort of like you know, uh, what if Cthulhu? What if Lovecraftian? But instead of like tentacles and slime, it's you know, um, gears and pipes and and computer chips. Steam horror. No. And, uh, did, did you ever? No. Um, do you guys remember Superman 3? Yeah. Do you, do you remember that part where the giant brainiac computer, like, takes over the, the that one woman and turns into a robot? Ah, uh, the goop. Yeah, that part scared the bejesus out of me when I was a little kid, and I've never really quite gotten out of my head. Which, to be fair, Superman 3 is not a good movie. I don't want anyone <laughs> to think that I'm saying that. <laughs> but it's got Richard Pryor. It has Richard Pryor, but it's not a good movie. But that 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 part where the brain, the computer that is supposed to be Brainiac, um, is uh, turns her into a robot, always stuck with me. is very very scary. You know what stuck with me from that film? What? When Richard Pryor is drunk wearing a giant foam cowboy hat. I forgot about that. <laughs> that, <laughs> weird. that is the one scene that has never left me in that entire film. I mean, but, there's uh, also Superman Clark Kent's weird fight in the middle of a junkyard. Yeah. Like fighting his darker self. Oh, I, I think we can say which side won out with the modern Supermans. But, uh, oh, you know what, what else with that description? Uh, Event Horizon. Oh, yes. No, Event Horizon. I love, love, love that movie. It's one of my favorite horror movies. Um, uh, also, like, one of those sort of, like, very insanely good casts, partially because everyone in it is very young, and they are not, like, as big a deal as they are today, if that makes sense. Mm. Like Sam like, Neill? <laughs> Sam Neill, Larry Fishburne, um, Jason Isaacs is in it. Uh, right. Like, it's it's a shockingly, like, you know... Uh, Hang on, I'm, I'm going to IMDb this while we're talking to see it, because it's really, like, a shockingly well-cast movie. Um, also, I this is the one thing I'm a little embarrassed about, is that, like, I, I needed this to work for the plot, but, like, I have no idea why the CEO is so weirdly blasé about, about finding, like, a supernatural nightmare. And he starts out, it's like, well, the shareholders aren't going to be happy. Yeah. Like... I, I admit it. I did it to make the story work, but it's it's he's a, he's like the weirdest guy in the, in this movie in this show in this show by by virtue of that. Yeah, because I kind of thought it was just the way the heart draws people in. Like he came in and he was just so business focused and kind of pissed off that he he missed it at first, and then it gets hold of him. And he's like, does it add shareholder value? That's that that that's kind of what I came up with. Oh, he's dead now. Um, yeah. 
Oh um, yeah, and, and and the description you originally had, there's like a fight and then the body dragging, but I thought about it for a second as like, you know what is terrifying to me is this quick cut to silence and then the heartbeat. And that hit me just as I was about to bounce the, the, the final file down. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're doing that. So then like I cut out the, I had some more like struggle sounds and dragging sounds. Um, but I thought it would just be better if it was just the heartbeat at the end. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't no, know. I, I will I say that. this. It's one of the fun things about having writing for performance and director as opposed to like writing novels that sometimes they have ideas that are actually much smarter than your original ideas. And then when anyone asks you, you can just nod and go, mm-hmm, yes, no, I'm extremely yeah. intelligent. Brilliant, <laughs> in fact. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So... Thank you so much for adding that to this this episode, Patrick. It was a joy to work on, and hilarity ensued. You're very welcome. And again, Jeff, thank you so much for uh, your contribution of commentary. Again, very funny, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, yeah, it's like the, a lot of fun things to play with in there. Thanks so much for adding it. Thank you, sir. A pleasure to to add it, and uh, yeah. Looking forward to my next one. Not sure what it's going to be, but uh, I'll cook something up, I guess. Let me let me pitch something for you. All right. A classroom of children playing with maracas. Mm-hmm. Just start with that. Let's see what happens. All right. <laughs> and uh, a Got quick announcement. Uh, <laughs> you always do, but you always rise to the challenge. You always rise to the challenge. Uh, but a quick announcement um, from seminar episode 108. Uh, Adam Blandford is actually going to be taking over as uh, director because life would be crazy, yo. And I got to start doing some other things, but I'll still be doing assistant directing, kind of helping out here and there in Pendant. And uh, yeah, well, we'll see where it goes. I'll still be doing the wrappers, so I I may pop in for the commentaries. I'll see what time allows, but uh, there's big life changes happening. All right. I'm glad you're staying on board. Oh, yeah, no. It, it's it's always fun. I love Pendant. So, uh, yeah. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for joining, listening to the commentary. Thanks for to Patrick and Jeff for joining. And uh, I'm Garen Fitzgerald saying goodbye. Adios. Bye, everyone.